imagine if the intro to this episode was us just dead silent trying to bring up the Google Doc on both of our phones. <laughs> and welcome oh, to Punk Goes Pod. We fired the spooky bastard who introduced our episode last week. Uh, Joey Jojo Spooky Shabadoo. Whatever his name was. His fiance dumped him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily that didn't happen with us. No. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, the internet's Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles fearless records. Punk Goes Ellipses series, because I was going to say Punk Goes Pod series. I mean, that too. <laughs> but... I've always, I've, I've, you know, for the longest time I've maintained that they should just do Punk Goes Punk Goes Pod and they just transcribe our words and turn them into songs. Yeah, um, why not? And we uh, answer the age-old question, the tireless question of hell yeah or yeah nah. And our cat is going through the mail. Yes. As we speak. Uh, administration assistant. This week's song is Caught Up In You. Performed by 38 Special, as covered by We The Kings for mm-hmm. Punk Goes Classic Rock. Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, as, as I... If you hear some crunching, it's uh, it's just Boss eating some paper. Yep. Or eating Emma's uh, brand spanking new copy of Saves the Days through being cool. Yes. A good mail day today. Which I which I maintain is the, is the superior album over... Uh, stay what you are. How dare you? I mean, you bought it, so. No, I like both of them. Obviously, I have a soft spot for Stay What You Are, as evidenced by our friend of the pod, Era Jordan. We've literally made a new friend over the uh, over the fact over like the the shared yeah. liking of Stay What You Are. <laughs> exactly, but no, I had to round out my collection. Jordan, if you're listening, hope you're looking after yourself. Yes. Um, yeah, how are you, Samuel? Not too bad. Not too bad. I feel like I finally got a good night's sleep you last really, night. Yeah, you were sleeping very soundly Yeah. for someone who is the lightest sleeper I've ever met. For someone who had a, uh, had a near-death experience with a spider as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> it's funny, like, growing up in the country, like spiders in the house was somewhat common like it didn't make it any easy but it's just like oh okay there's another one i don't think we've had like a spider proper in this apartment no touch wood for like the entire time we've been here until last night when one decided to emerge from underneath the bed sheets yeah i'm i'm mostly fine with them and and so like living on you you living on the farm like spiders are kind of your friends because they yeah, you know, they, they eat, eat all the mozzies and yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, I'm mostly fine with them if I can if I can see where it's at and go, okay, you're not going to drop on me. Yeah, that's fine. I can live comfortably with with you in my room. I had gone to bed a little earlier, and I'm glad I sort of did because maybe that thing would have been in bed with us when we went to yeah yeah. That's um, point. And I went to bed a little early. You were staying up, um, and I got underneath the blanket and. Like it was seriously like I just got in, and a spider crawls under the blanket. Like it was would have been basically on top of me. Crawls under the crawls over the blanket and. <laughs> I love the play by play. Yeah, no, it needs it though. 
these are these are blow by blow account of my uh, my interaction with the spider and, and I don't I don't know did I sound I didn't sound manly at all but it was uh, well it just it sounded like something was immediately wrong beyond yeah. there is a spider in my bed like Cause, it was because ah! I was like oh oh <laughs> and just and just immediately I just had like these this horrible like chills down my body like yeah. it was it sucked we we got rid of it though um we did we survived we did <laughs> you lived to tell the tale it was like it was like that time you had gone out for drinks and like didn't come home until like midnight or 1am or something and so i'd gone to bed <laughs> yeah and i was three quarters asleep and and you would come home and you were just like getting ready to go to bed like in the bathroom and I think I was like, who's there? Who is it? From behind the door. Who is it? Like, in bed. Like, who is it? Who's there? <laughs> and then the next morning I was like, did I sound tough? And you're like, no. No, you didn't. I was like, oh, it's alright. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be grandstanding all the time. Oh, I, I very rarely grandstand. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever given off the air that I'm a, you know, threatening presence or a, you know, tough presence. But, oh well. Mm. I've got the tattoos, so this is true. That just proves to me that I can survive that. All right. I was thinking of being clever and saying that had you had a thirty-eight special under your pillow, it would have helped. very violent Good. i don't like that transition at all <laughs> the the idea of like using a gun to kill a spider <laughs> i mean <laughs> obviously i condemn do not condone gun violence in every form but just the comic image of just like a spider that was maybe the size of like a 20 cent piece yeah it wasn't big and you just pointing a glock at it <laughs> That is quite funny, but that does not mean I find it okay. It's Chief Wiggum changing the the television. Yeah, well, Homer changes the cha- television channel with the uh, with the gun, but I think Chief Wiggum is like firing his gun at it, and his wife's like, "Clancy, use the television remote." <laughs> and the television remote's in his holster, and then like they say something else that he doesn't like, and so he throws the television remote and destroys the television. Oh, um. But yeah, that was my horrendous attempt at a transition. But would you like to tell us about the band 38 Special? Yes, I will. I also did a little bit of looking into it. Um, so a 38, 38 Special is a it's, a... it's a bullet. It's a cartridge. Mm. Um, not an actual gun. No. Um, yeah, like, we're not gun people, so... <laughs> we don't... We don't know. I, like, made up guns in, like video games but that's about it i find the concept of shekhov's gun interesting and that's about all i care about guns yeah yep oh, we should get some water pistols though that would be nice 
So, 38 Special, they formed, they were formed by neighbourhood friends Don Barnes and Donnie Van Sant in the, ni- in the 1974. <laughs> in 1974. They in formed, the year of our Lord, 1974. Yeah, they formed in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh-huh. Donnie Van Sant was the middle of three brothers. His older brother, Ronnie, was the founding vocalist for Leonard Skinner. Uh-huh. But he was, he was tragically a part of the plane crash that killed a few of the members and, like, other people on the plane and I think their manager or someone um that well uh, don't worry I was going to say that's not the same one as Buddy Holly is it no but but Freebird was about that plane crash oh shit I'm pretty certain oh that's bleak yeah because it was, it was Buddy Holly the big bopper yeah yeah I can't remember oof yeah I'm pretty sure I could be wrong and maybe I should look into it at some point during this episode but I'm pretty sure that Freebird was about that plane crash and then they also had a plane crash. Oh, that's dark. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Ronnie was, as I said, tragically part of the plane crash or part of the, the contingent of uh, people that died in that plane crash. Mm. Um, and then his younger brother, Johnny, so the youngest of the three, is the current vocalist for Leonard Skinner. Yep. So they are Ronnie, Donnie and Johnny. Um yeah, look, why not? I went to school with a kid called Valon, and yeah. he had a little brother called Val Valbon. Okay. They changed the name by simply adding a B somewhere in there. I I can't decide how I feel about families that like the obvious one is the Kardashians, but like people mm. who deliberately like give their kids the same initial. It's just like. Come on. There's the professional wrestler AJ Styles, and he has four children, and all their names are... Um, so I think he's something like Alan John, whatever their last name is, but he, they've basically made it so that all of their initials are will be AJ. AJ and the last name. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think I ever knew anyone who had... Anything close to yeah, Valon and Valbon. No. But um but yeah, that is a that is definitely I wonder if that's more of a TV trope to have it like everyone's name starts with a K in this family. Mm. Um I what was what's the what's the mum's name out of the Kardashians? <sighs> Kent not Kendall. No. Um She I she already like I think when those kids were born, she had marketing on the brain. Though. Yeah. Like when I they... want to say Chris, but that's is that her name? Yeah, it is. Chris yeah, Jenner. Chris Jenner. Um, yeah, when 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 those kids were like, yeah, when she was first giving birth to kids, like I'm sure that it was like, how can I make just billions of dollars out of this? Oh, let's just all start them off with a K and we'll see how we go. This so, is not a Kardashian cast. Oh, thank fuck for that. In their beginnings, the band were practicing in an abandoned warehouse. The police were called to check on the noise by the locals. The band were unable to let themselves out due to locking themselves in with a padlock. Uh, So one of the cops said, that's all right, we'll let this 38 special do the talking and proceeded to shoot off the lock. Thus, the genesis of the name. That's deeply upsetting. Like, were they trying to be friendly about it or, like, threatening well, they were trying to get out. They were, they were, they were making too much noise in the warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, someone called a noise complaint. Then the police arrived, probably knocked on the door, and they were like, "Let oh, us in." Yeah. And then 
the band were like, well, we can't. We're locked. We're locked in. And That's... and then, what are the logistics like? Did they lock themselves in from the inside? I don't know. It says because, <laughs> and I and I and I wrote it basically from, like verbatim from Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, what did it say? The band were unable to let themselves out due to locking themselves in with a padlock. Okay. So they would have had to have done that because, from the inside, yeah, because yeah. you can't lock yourself. Okay, so then the cops were being really shit in that sense, like. You do not fire a gun at a door and you don't know the location of the members on the other side. That's fucked. What's that? Gee. You don't you don't have a key? Well I got a gun. That's just that's, like That's a violent key. Man. <laughs> anyway. That's that's using your gun as a tool, though. No, like, that's so irresponsible though. Like This was this was Florida in the mid seventies. Oh, I'm sure it's Florida today as well, and a lot of places in the US. Mm. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't want to talk about the cops anymore. No. Nah. Uh, so, he yeah, has I said, a .38 Special is a cartridge used mostly in revolvers. So, Donny Van Sant would have to leave the band due to inner ear nerve damage. Huh. Um, so, yeah, I think he's sort of done some recordings and whatnot with them post this. But, yeah, you can't go on stage or else it's going to uh, cause too much... Like further the damage that he's already caused in Is his that ear. Due to not wearing earplugs. Probably. Like, hmm. Wear earplugs, kids. I wear earplugs when I see bands. I, I have every like I have the best of intentions. I will wear my earplugs. I'll go into the venue. I'll listen to the opening bands with earplugs. But then when the main band comes on, I'm like, I can't hear this very well. I take them out. <laughs> I just and I mean, yeah, I look like a dork, especially considering my earplugs. Have a cable that tethers them. Yeah. Oh, so do mine. <laughs> like, Antibiotics. Thank like, you, Richard S. Heath. For... Like those fucking sunglasses, the like little things that you'd the see. Reading glasses, yeah. Or like the sunglasses where you'd see like the like they'd have like yeah. the, the strap. Yeah. At the back, yeah. I look like a dork, but I don't really care. What it, what I find is, like, I can hear everything perfectly. It's just for me, it takes away that sharp edge yeah. to it. Like it just takes away that thing that makes me go, mm, yeah, maybe I, maybe I am going to get a ringing in my ear after this. Like it just takes away that, which I like. See, to me, it takes away the edge that makes me think I'm at a live music gig right now. Okay. Like, and it's really bad because like, I do get tinnitus a bit. So like, I should be wearing them, but I imagine this is what dudes feel like about condoms. <laughs> anyway um, I guess you're just more of a badass than I am though I'm really not I'm ruining my body and my life But that's fine who, anyway. is, who is the bigger badass in this relationship? Probably you Probably Yeah <laughs> You have made a bullet point here Where you've noted that you would like to rant about Punk Goes Classic Rock I do, but it's a good rant Okay I feel like they got this album right this compilation album right is this the first cla- no we've done a classic rock one have we did um we've done a couple like yeah. um crazy train yes uh we are the champions yes um yes we've done a few classic rock songs but i feel like these albums basically what it should be is like the songs that they pick it should be stuff that you're going to hear on a specific channel yeah so like the pop songs is like well should be whatever pop channel you're listening to and i feel like this is 
100% what you would hear on a classic rock station. Yeah, they did it really well. It's, it's, and I doubt that this was on their mind. I doubt this was a conscious effort. But to me, it feels like a make-do from the metal album. Which, yeah. which is like so much... And so much of those songs could have just been on this album. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, really? Another fucking stadium ballad on the fucking metal album? And I, and I was just looking at this one. I was like, oh, wow, they actually got this one right like they really got the feel for classic rock yeah and like classic rock even throughout like a number of decades as well mm. I, I yeah i just think it's i just think it's really good i think it was a really well put together a really well put together compilation album good i'm glad yeah. so yeah it was it was a rant but a good rant <laughs> <laughs> a grant i've <laughs> i've noticed now that we're out we've been out of lockdown like in the strict sense for a week six now. days of uh double donuts mm. um i've noticed that i and like i i hate being that kind of like i feel like i'm buying into this thing of like oh i'm so quirky and weird but like i genuinely am struggling to like hold normal conversations like <laughs> just that filter for like i should stop talking now is not like the muscle memory is not there so like Someone will ask me something, I'll answer the question, then I'll just continue to talk about it, and then I'm like, hang on, I just need to, like, <laughs> shut the hell up. So, I'm glad that you can filter that into good rants about on-topic things, because I'm still finding it hard to adjust <laughs> to being around other people that aren't you. <laughs> um, another good rant, and I'm going off-topic here, no, but go how, how great is it that we, um... Like, it wasn't great that we initially started off with, you know, 800 cases each day. But, like, how fantastic is it that we were able to bring that down to zeros yeah. around the board? Yeah. It, despite the naysayers, we did it. So. Yeah. I mean, we, we're supporters of oh, our yeah. Premier Daniel Andrews, but... For the most part. For the most part. he He's done a really good job, and he also wants us to have our cat, so... This is true. He's, he's a good egg in my book. So, yeah, that was my rant about... Punk Goes Classic Rock and Victoria. Very good. Very good. All right. So about the song. So mm-hmm. this was the first single from their 1982 album, Special Forces. It's a sick name. Mm-hmm. Uh, was their first number one single on the Billboard Top Tracks Rock Chart. Okay. So that's not the Hot 100, but it's something. There's, There's so many Billboard charts. It's one of those things where like, to a point, Billboard is kind of arbitrary, or like any kind of chart, especially these days. Yeah. But there's just so many different charts. It's like, I get it. Like, have them for each genre, but mm. then it just sort of gets even more, like, particular from there. And it's just so much. I don't know. It would be interesting to work for Billboard in that sense, but my God. How long do you reckon it'll be until they start? They might even do it, I don't know. But like, Taking into account Spotify, I think they do now. They do do that now. I'm not sure because yeah, because I think it's Nielsen Sound Scan that does the tracking of stuff, whereas it used to be like, yeah. Anyway, I'm talking rubbish. I want to set up a charts, but for metal and the metal subgenres. So like the Sam Merrifield metal chart for Funeral Doom of this week. <laughs> 
I feel like it would be like five songs ranked against one another every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would. Uh, it would not be a very active list. Just for the Punisher and every music or metal fan. Yeah, we'd love it though. We would. You would. No, not not we as in you <laughs> and I. I mean, we as in like metal heads would this love it. This is true. So it also reached number nine in Canada. I don't know why I have that as a uh, just. A I don't know. We have a soft spot for Canada. We do have a soft spot for Canada. <laughs> So the song featured on the Squidbillies episode Burned and Reburned Again. They also voiced themselves in the episode. What is the Squidbillies? So Squidbillies is an adult swim cartoon because oh, of course it is. Right. Um, it's a really super crudely drawn show. It's like redneck squids. So like hillbillies, <laughs> but they're squids. Wonderful. Uh, living in rural Georgia. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's just like they get up to weird... Things I remember. I had the first season on DVD. Then I linked it to my old guitar teacher and never got it back. But then he lent me also a season or two of American Dad that I never gave back to him. So oh, that's even then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was a mutual thing. Good. Um, and yeah, I remember one episode where it was like they were talking about like Patrick Swayze was in town. Okay. And this was like so the, the show is like fifteen years old. So this was before he had passed. Yeah. Um, and it was like. They go to, they go to see Patrick Swayze, but Patrick Swayze is a, is a big fat guy. Okay. Um, so kind of like that Simpsons episode with Michael Jackson. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the guy is, is, it's not so much like, okay, no, I'm just his voice. It's like, no, I am Patrick Swayze. And then of course the real Patrick Swayze shows up and he's shirtless and he's, he's an Adonis. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what the, what the real sort of crux of the episode was. Um, they the show got a bit of notoriety this year because the 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 guy who voices the main character of the show uh his stage name is unknown hinson um he went on a bit of a rant after dolly parton um came out in support of black lives the black lives matter oh, movement goodness. and yeah he i i tried to have a look at what he said um i saw some of it it was pretty horrible the stuff that he was saying um, and they um, the people who created Squidbillies were immediately like yeah he's fired good we don't like we don't support that he so he lived the gimmick of being a a redneck hillbilly mm. a bit too bit too hard and yeah he's also a comedian and it's like it's like oh yeah I do politically incorrect comedy it's like oh. no you just do racist comedy like yeah just just come out and say it. like you just do racist comedy like, the people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm proud of how politically incorrect I am. It's like, no, you're just racist. Yeah. Just just slap that on yourself. Like, you're racist. Go fuck yourself. It's just like... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Part of me sort of wants to liken it to, like, you wouldn't be, like, deliberately, like, factually incorrect. Yeah. Or, like... like I don't know. There's this real thing at the moment. It's like, it doesn't... And just given the environment. But, like, it doesn't matter which side you're on like we can still be friends it's like no no it's kind of not though like there are things like if you disagree with me on things like being i don't know pro-choice or yeah like, it's just like i'm not going to be friends with you if you can't agree like but it's like i saw a good thing it's like saying like basically that but it's like yeah but if you're on the side of agreeing with racism and homophobia and misogyny how can we really have a like if i'm not if I'm against all of that, then how can we be friends? Yeah. 
Because yeah. you basically want to see other people suffer. Yeah. Like, no, I don't condone that. And and it's like the people who are like oh you know I want to do politically incorrect comedy. No. It's like why do you why do you want to be like you just want to be racist and homophobic and misogynist? Like why do you want to yeah. make fun of like disabled people and gay people and trans people? Like why is mm. why do you have to stoop to the lowest common denominator? Yeah, like you're just not clever. You're not you're not a good comedian, and maybe you should just give up. Yeah. Says, you know, someone who's not stepped foot on a stage before, but... Yes, you have. You did your thing for uni. I it was did. very funny. Oh, thank you. And it wasn't racially charged. Good, because otherwise we wouldn't be having I... this conversation because I would not be living with you. <laughs> I probably would have, yeah, and I probably would have failed the class and I would have failed myself. Yes. Yes. So anyway, that was, that was, I mean, that was another good rant, I guess. Yeah, look. <laughs> just... We're making up for lost time. We've been bottling it up for so long. Mm. So, yeah. What do you think about the song? It's one of those songs where, like, I can't 100% tell if I actually knew it before I heard it or if it just sounds like an amalgamation of other songs. Like, it has a recognisable quality, but I wasn't immediately like, oh, yeah, like... Mm. So in that sense, I find it kind of confusing. But again, it's just like... I can see why this was a candidate for punk goes classic rock. Like, it's just, it's classic rock. Like, this is just, it fits the description so well. I don't really have any strong feelings toward it. Like, it's cute. But I know there are, like, I feel like there are other songs about being in love with someone. Yeah. Like, there are more iconic songs than this. This, I'm trying to think of, like, other bands that fit the bill, but it's like, I feel like they definitely would have toured with Kansas. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other bands that had that sort of, like, southern rock, like ZZ Top. Um, they probably toured with Ted Nugent at some point. Mm-hmm. He can go fuck himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, it's, it's definitely... It definitely has that feel, and I, I, I really like it. Um, and you know, I've got the, I've got it written down. Like listening to this, I can sort of smell the smoke and the stale beer coming out yeah. of this, like yeah. this dingy bar that they're playing at. And that's, yeah, not even to mention the uh, the film clip that they that they performed for this, which we you well not we you realize they have two drummers that you're, sharp eye for detail i've got you were like wait do they have two drummers and then i'm looking back on holy fuck they have two drummers yeah and then i was like wait a sec they also have three guitarists it this is a band that does not warrant this no band warrants more than one drummer I'm sorry, even Slipknot, you can you can fuck off with your three drummers. Do they have three drummers? Well, they've got a drummer, and then they've got two percussionists. Oh, which sake. basically translates to a guy hitting a keg with a baseball bat. Oh, for goodness sake. Um, and one of them left last year. One of them was kicked out last year, so I'd be interested to see if they replaced him. Basically, they... Um, look, I'm not trying to discredit the musicians, but they basically play big tom drums. Yeah. Not all the songs require that though, and when you watch them live, they just like two out of these two of these drummers just basically run around for most of the performance, and yeah, every now and again hits a keg with a baseball bat. I... I'm sorry, I yeah, I, I used to love Slipknot, but then it's like the more and more I got older, I was like, oh, I really can't stand this band. But yeah, how come? 
I just like. I find them slightly cringe, just in their sort of yeah. whole deal. Yeah, and I and and I think I've talked about it on here on the pod before, but I remember the whole when Kanye performed. I think it was We Are the Champions or something, and he said he said something like, "I'm the greatest rock and roll star yeah. to ever live." And Corey Taylor immediately, like, he did a special video to be like, "You're not the greatest rock and roll star to ever live, Kanye. Don't even kid." And it's like. Kanye West, he's going to say whatever he wants to say, and it's going to it's going to piss someone off, and that's the hill you're going to die on as well. Like the yeah. guy who literally just said Harriet Tubman didn't help to free the slaves, in fact she helped to enslave oh, people, to, to enslave African Americans. That's the hill you're going to die on. Is that he called himself the greatest rock and roll star in history? Yeah, it's and it's things, and I also just like the music isn't for me anymore. Yeah. Um, and like I do look at it it's like so much of that is unnecessary like yeah basically the extra member that was necessary was their DJ yeah they had a guy that did samples which was basically what your sound guy is going to do anyway yeah so did like put in like extra sound effects yeah that sort of thing oh no but he's a band member (laughs) you had your extra percussionists which again amounted to hitting a keg with a baseball bat i will say one of their songs um they they did put on like the marching band drums where it was like attached to their and that was cool i'll give them that but yeah i don't know and i also just i think i replaced masks with corpse paint after a while as well like that became like what was cool to me and that's still cool to me is corpse paint masks not so much unless you're in gua so yeah Man, this really is just sorry. Ang- Old man yells at cloud. It really is, today. isn't it? I love yeah, it. It really is. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Let it out. It's good. <laughs> but but yeah, thirty eight special do not need two drummers nor three guitarists. No, boy, stop eating the mail. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. Like that to me was the most interesting part about it, and like it's a really cute song. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, it has that sort of nostalgia factor, like you said, like, the smoke haze. Like, you can sort of get that vibe from it, like. But also, yeah, I think watching the video was probably the most rewarding part for me because, like, it was just a classic, like, 80s? 70s. 70s video. Oh, no, 80s, yeah, because 81, I believe it came out. Um, Like, that classic sort of thing of, like... Just, yeah, all the 80s hair and the 80s clothes and, like, the sort of foggy kind of smoke machine type sort of yeah bar set up and, like, women and dancing and whatever. But, yeah, then seeing their lineup at the time, it's like, why the fuck did you need that many people to produce this? There are bands that do it really well. Iron Maiden has three guitarists. And yeah. they, they make that work. Yeah. Whitechapel, I can't remember if they still do, but when I listened to Whitechapel, they had three guitarists and it made their sound heavier. Yeah. And it, yeah, it worked. Um, and that's the thing. It's like there's a pl- time and place for like, yeah, that sort of multi, like... Yeah. I get it. Like, I get how that essentially you can, depending on... Yeah. Sorry, I'm trailing off a bit, but like... I can imagine using that in lieu of, like, say, multi-tracking or, like, something to, like, have a full sound within a live environment, like, and that's great. But this song does not sound like that. No. 
It's it's and like you made the very good point. Like it felt or it appeared as if they were like playing more or less the same beat. Together. They were. They were playing exactly the same. Thing. So then, like if one of them had made even the slightest misstep, it would just fuck it up completely. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. I don't know. More than anything, it just sort of puzzled me. But again, that like going back to the actual song, it's just like I like it, and that's the end. Yeah, it's like you listen to the drums and. And there have been, I've listened to one drummer make a like provide a fuller, deeper sound than than they did with two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I really like it as well. I I have it written here that um, I feel as though at any point I probably could have learned about this song from Guitar Hero as well. Yes. This is definitely yes. This is definitely like they would always get like their really big songs that they would get mm. on Guitar Hero. And then, like, because they'd always fill it with, like, 80 songs. They needed smaller stuff. This would be one of those smaller songs that I'd be like, oh, this is really fun to play. Yeah. And this is this is a really fun song. Um, I don't... No, I don't, I don't believe it was ever on a Guitar Hero or Rock mm. Band game. But, um, yeah, it was either... I would either find out about it from Guitar Hero or I found out about it from here. Yeah. Um, I don't recall if I've ever actually heard it before, though, outside of this. Yeah. Um, and I was... And that's interesting. Like, I was asking you before we recorded, like, so was this their one hit kind of thing? Like, did they have any other hits? And it appears like they didn't. Yeah. And, like, I've definitely heard the name 38 Special before because I remember thinking, like, before I listened to the track ahead of, like, yeah, preparing for this episode, I was like, okay, I know the band name. I reckon I'll be able to pick it up. And, again, it's just that weird sort of, can't quite tell yeah. feeling for me of like, do I actually know this or does it just sound like I know this? And even, as I said, like I praise Punk Goes Classic Rock, even this feels like it might have been a cheapie for them to to get for yeah. for that album. Like, um, And it feels like, like I'm not running this song down. Like I, I, no. I really like... I really like, you know, that really hooky chorus and like the, yeah. the sort of, you know, the... the the stop start of the guitar and and they call it in guitar hero when you know you get like a two minute guitar solo at the very end of the song where it would like fade out and the guitars were still playing they would call that end wankery (laughs) i don't i don't know if that's an actual musical term or not but like i really dig the end wankery of this song like playing out to like a you know a sick guitar solo yeah um but but yeah it's just as I said, like I feel like this sort of fills in with the same, you know, in the same sort of shoes as a band like Kansas, as a band like I know ZZ Top were bigger, but I don't yeah. know. I never really, I never really messed around with them. Um, it's also like in my mind, it kind of feels like a song that would play on a beer commercial, maybe because oh, the yeah. maybe because the film clip was in a bar, but like it has the same sort of aesthetic to me as the it's it's called kentucky fried movie and i think it's made by the same people that did flying high or airplane if you're in america yeah and it's just a whole bunch of like short little bits that are silly um and so it's it's the the ad for miller beer but because I think the ad was like, if you've basically like our our ad for VB, like a hard earned thirst, yeah, needs yep. a, needs the best cold beer, like really sort of 
uh, marketing towards the idea of, you know, you work hard, then you get to, you know, take the edge off with this cold beer. And so it was, it was basically like doing that, but it was, it was like following like the, a day in the life of Hare Krishna's. Right. And then they were done with the day doing their Hare Krishna stuff and they go to the bar and drink Miller. Right. And, and it's, it is funny because it's just like these Hare Krishna's and it's like once, once like, grabbing a waitress on oh, the ass no. and, and like they're sculling beers and stuff like that yeah, that's you know i don't know i thought it was funny mm-hmm. <laughs> like inappropriate yes yeah like yeah wouldn't wouldn't appreciate that in real life but yeah i know what you mean though about it sounding like a beer commercial kind of thing yeah like yeah i don't know like it has a very specific feeling about it like a so caught up in brew. <sighs> Shall we talk about We The Kings? Yeah. take over because I've the listener has heard enough of my voice for today sure alright so We The Kings formed in 2005 and they hail from Bradenton 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 no I'm just trying to remember because yeah the last song on their album that we just listened to they Dear Bradenton anyway uh, Florida, so fellow Floridians, um, and the bandmate. I've just hit a wall. The bandmates were childhood friends, and they got their name from their middle school, Martha B. King Middle School. See, whenever I hear it, I just think of that Christmas hymn or whatever. We the kings, we the kings of Orient. It's kind of a dope song. Yeah, it yeah. is. A, it has a lot of gravitas. I like it. It's one of those kind of dope, like. Sometimes, like, some Christmas songs, like, really are, like, oh, yeah, I fuck with that. Yeah. Or with that one, um... <laughs> the one that I like the most is, um... Oh, I can't remember it, actually. Little Drummer Boy? No, I hate that one so much. Anyway. Um... So, We the Kings originally went by the name Broken Image. I'm glad they changed it, because that is a crap band name. And their first single, Check Yes, Juliet, went platinum.
However, as Sam has noted here, this is another band that doesn't have much interesting to talk about. I disagree. There is not much like interesting about their story necessarily, but I enjoyed this band a lot back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I subjected Sam to listening to their self-titled debut album, which was released in 2007. Um, and it rips as much as it did. For me. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Back in 2007. Like, I was saying to Sam that for me, this band, and I'll say it to him now because he's sitting right here with me. <laughs> like, for me, this band is very much like an all-time low where that one album, like, I loved it. Like, was super into it. Remember seeing them touring. It might have been the album after this, but, like, they played a lot of songs off this. They were at Soundwave one year. Um, and yeah, like fully embraced the whole moment, but then kind of dropped off after that. Like there are a couple of singles on Smile Kid, their follow-up album, which were fine or like, actually no, not fine. Like they were very good, but I just never got into them as much beyond that point, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, like similar to all time low like they're just a very sort of saccharine sweet like cute pop punk with emphasis on the pop yeah yeah band and that's exactly the kind of music i loved in 2007 yeah you can see like and i don't know what their sound is like in 2020 um yeah i couldn't tell you and i yeah wouldn't be surprised if it's pretty different like if they've, I, but I can definitely see why they're, why they they found quite a lot of success as well. Yeah, well they're very like hooky and like Travis Clark, the frontman, like his voice is very good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I just yeah, like even listening to their 2007 albums, like you, they're teetering off of the edge of pop punk. Yeah. And it was like they could very they could very easily that next album could very easily just transition them into a pop band yeah definitely um, and pff, i mean there's there's more money in being a pop band than a pop punk band so yeah. you know more power to you i'm always i always say get your money yeah look i was trying to have a bit of an idea of what they sounded like outside of this cover and i listened to check yes Juliet while I was in bed and you were getting ready for bed in the bathroom and then like three <laughs> days later you were like yeah wasn't it when you came in it was about three days later you were like were you listening to We the Kings? Were you listening, <laughs> what, were you listening to check yes Juliet? I was like yeah because we're doing We the Kings. Uh, that <laughs> my god check yes Juliet is such a great song like my goodness I just saw then on the Wikipedia page for their self-titled album that it was platinum certified in Australia with wow. over 70,000 sales. Unless that was for the single itself, but doesn't matter. Either way, we love a bit of We The Kings. Did you ever buy singles? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I used to buy them a fair bit. Um, 
looking back, I don't quite understand why. I guess that sort of completionist, like, wanting to own singles and stuff, but, yeah. Yeah, that whole thing of, um, yeah, like, just, if you really like a band, but at the same time, I, I guess it's that thing of, if you like the one song, then you don't have, you don't risk that chance of, you know, getting the album and not liking the rest yeah. of it. The, like, there'd always be a couple of songs on a single. Um, I guess, like, yeah, getting the B-sides was always good. I had... Oh, I cannot remember the name of the song, but I had a 28 Days. Oh, uh, man. I had a 28 Days single. Um, yeah, from their, from their album Upstyle Was that down. Rip It Up? Yeah, no, nah, it wasn't. It oh, man. Oh, no, it would have been after that. Stealing Chairs, maybe. I wasn't into 28 Days then, was I? Oh, yeah, I was, because it was Say What. Say recognize that we'll have to listen to it after this yeah let's listen to some 28 days so if you don't know or if you don't remember 28 days was an australian they they're in wikipedia they're listed as a punk rock band but um they were like a sort of like a punk rap band (laughs) rap punk band because they 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 had the uh they had the the dj they're from frankston I remember like um talking like with one of my friends years ago, like I'm not friends with them anymore, but it was like and he's like, Yeah, you watch a twenty eight days film clip and every time you're gonna see something Frankston related in oh, their film man. clip. And it was like, Oh yeah, and then <laughs> they did like stuff at the beach and all that sort of stuff. But like they they toured with bands like Body Jar and like, you know, One Dollar Short and that sort of thing, like other Australian punk rock bands. Yeah. But yeah, they were sort of like Australia's Really cheap alternative to Limp Biscuit. Yeah, in my yeah. in my opinion, I think he even I think he was even like a very like either bald or very short haired dude with a baseball cap. Oh, buddy, turn backwards. <laughs> I remember like growing up, um, so like a border town near where I lived, um, Cobram in Victoria. Every year they would host <laughs> a festival called Rockorama. <laughs> And yeah, one year they got 28 days on the lineup. I remember thinking, like, that's a really good get. But it's like, they're from Frankston. (laughs) I think probably the best one was when they had Eskimo Joe, who are another Aussie... Well, they were all Aussie bands, obviously. But, like, yeah. I remember going to my friend's place and she lived relatively close to where it was. So we would just sit in her backyard and listen to it. joys of country living this is 360s from uh frankston isn't he possibly yeah that's probably like the biggest person to come out of frankston yeah Yeah. so but anyway anyway uh i yeah the more i talk about we the kings i agree there's nothing like super interesting to talk about but they're just they're good i just they're good i said to you and I, i don't even mean it as an insult but it's like if i learned that they were 
if they started off as a Christian band, I would not be shocked. They just seem very, they wholesome. seem to that, but like to that, that sort of Christian degree of wholesomeness. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I didn't look into their religious beliefs or whatnot. No. I guess that's none of my business, but. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. anyway. So yeah, long story short, I thought We The Kings were great. Their debut album is still great. Check yep. it out. Um, yeah. What do you think of their cover? I like it. I um I like that his well first off there's a whole bunch of cowbell in that, that beginning in the oh, intro. Okay. Um, yep. And I I can always dig that. Um, they were, you know, one drummer does the trick. Yes. <laughs> two, yes. Two guitarists. They does, somehow manage it. Does the trick. Don't yeah. know how, but they did it. <laughs> I, I like to think that, like, with the three guitarists, they were doing... It's like a power chord uses three strings. Yeah. They're doing, like, a a weird power chord from three guitars using one string each. I'm picking... I'm picturing, like, the two drummers doing alternate beats. Yeah. <laughs> like, listening for the other one, like, all right, and a go. That makes sense, though, in the film clip, why that one drummer looks terrified. Yeah, one of the drummers just looks like he's absolutely cacking his well, pants. Like, both bored and just so terrified to fuck up <laughs> at the same time. That would be so wonderful. A band that has, like, double the amount of members that they actually need, just, like, alternating between... <laughs> That would be such a good performance piece. Can someone out there please do this? And like two singers to basically do like one word, then next word, then next word, then... (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. That would be so, so good. Oh, God. Um, But yeah, I I do like the sort of... The... What is it? The sort of bringing into the 21st century-ness of this song. Um, I don't know if I necessarily like it over the original... Yeah. Um, but I, I can appreciate that it does feel like a poppy, sort of punky sort of band. Yeah. Doing this. Yeah. I like his uh, I like his vocals. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I think I just kept thinking while I was listening to it, like, they do it really well. And like, yeah, Travis's vocals are great. But to me, all I could think in my head was like, man, Fountains of Wayne would do a really good cover of this. Fountains of Wayne would have done a really good cover of Like, Wayne, especially yeah. just that pre-chorus, like, and the feeling comes shining through. Yeah. Like, that's such a vocal inflection that would be present on Welcome Into State Managers, like their big album. Like, yeah. I yeah, I feel like this song is, like, they do it really well, but it's not quite suited to this genre in like very loose comment or apostrophes like i don't know it feels like it needs to be more like a sort of a scar leaning or like just a yeah like some like a a brass section would have really made this yeah kicked it up a notch or even just like a band like sort of a more like fat wreck sort of type band or like a a me first or like a yeah yeah so that was the only like qualm I had with it I guess yeah like they do a really good job of it I really enjoy it but it's also just like this cover didn't need to exist I feel like I uh, like as I said like I really like this version I really like both versions yeah I would have potentially loved something they would have done on pop 
on yes. a pop album. Yeah. Because um, he's got the pop vocals and they've got the pop sensibility. Yeah, or even something from maybe like 80s or something. But I, I don't know necessarily what they would have covered that I would have really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like they would have really nailed something from one of the pop albums. They might come up again. I don't think they do, though. Um, mm. But yeah, that would have been... Yeah, it would have been really interesting to hear them do something along those lines. I still think that they, they do a good job here. Yeah. That it's, um, as I said, like I like that they bring it to the 21st century. Maybe, you know, maybe there needs to be that sort of... Because, like, yeah, this is sort of a love song, but it's not... It's not like a saccharine sweet love song. No. And, like, it does have that sort of, as we said, like that sort of smoky haze behind it. And maybe this is a bit too clean. Maybe they are a bit too cute. Yeah. And maybe it should have been. But, like, I feel like they don't really, at that stage when the, the classic rock album came out, they were, it was either super pop punk bands or, um, like, growly bands and yeah. and i don't want to hear a i don't want to hear a dude you know growling no. so caught up in you like so i don't know i don't know like if they're yeah it just feels like they're not really going down that direction whereas the early albums did have that direction of like yeah, yeah let's let's do you know punk bands and pop punk bands and yeah it's interesting the more we sort of interrogate it like one thing I literally discovered today was that We the Kings have already gotten a head start on Punk Goes Hamilton. They did a cover of The Story of Tonight. And that cover even, like, it's technically very good. I enjoy it, but it doesn't need to exist. Yeah. So I feel like these guys, obviously, like, otherwise they wouldn't exist as a band. Like, they perform at their best doing We the Kings. Yes. Doing covers... They're technically good at it, but it's just not the same. Haven't we done basically the inverse? Didn't we have a band that was like, they do really good covers, but their original stuff just yeah, didn't gel with me? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It was uh, Forever the Sickest Kids, I think. Mm, it I like, think it might have been. I, th- I think it was like, oh, their covers are really good. And then I listened to their original stuff. I was like, I don't really like their original stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting because like a cover, especially something as basic as this, like it's so accessible. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it warrants the effort. And I'm not saying, like, they shouldn't have done this, but, like... Yeah, it's it's interesting. Because it feels like I'm being really mean, but, like, I do enjoy it. It's just... Hmm. I enjoy We The Kings for We The Kings we the way Kings. better. Like they're, and their stuff, like, they're, from what we listened off their... Well, we listened to the entirety of their self-titled album. Hmm. Like, that's... That's fantastic. Like yeah. it's, it's them, and I know who they are, and I can get a real sense for them, and I can dig it. And that's not to say I don't like this. It's just, yeah, like there could have been other directions that they could have taken that made me go, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. For both the, the song and the band. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, because I'm even sort of thinking, like, because they, one of the follow up singles, to their first album, um, Will Be a Dream, featured Demi Lovato. So, like, they're well aware of, like, their pop leanings. Yeah. But even then, I'm sort of thinking, like, even if they covered, like, an NSYNC or a... Yeah. Or a Backstreet Boys, like, it would be good, but again... Or even, like, One Direction or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, going for, like, newer stuff. But even, like, it sort of... It feels like they don't have... 
like for themselves for their band they are like unique to a point i guess like they've got the excellent vocals like the sort of soaring choruses like very hooky that kind of thing but like again i that doesn't necessarily mean i want to see them covering like mainstream pop just because they've shown they can do it in their own work yeah i don't know it's weird and Demi Lovato's into death metal, so I want her to do a death metal album. <laughs> Sick. I mean, if they collabed on, like, a cover of Cool for the Summer or something, that song fucking rips. So you want to do Punk Goes Hamilton, huh? Yes. Desperately. And you can you can kickstart that project and I'll kickstart Punk Goes Bond. <laughs> Sick. So what do we think? Hell yeah or yeah nah? I have an analogy for uh, for both 38 Special and Caught Up In You. Okay. It's the ultimate feeling I get from this is like heavy boomer energy. Right. Um, but it's that sort of like if you're a dad in like your mid-50s yeah. now, you would you would like get angry at your kids for the music that they listen to. Like the SoundCloud rappers. I don't even know if SoundCloud rappers is a thing anymore if I'm past that stage but like going that's not music this is music and whipping this out and your kids just fucking hating it yeah like i can picture the guy like those sort of like tan or like khaki like knee-length shorts with like boat shoes and a polo yeah and yeah just yeah sort of like yeah it gets like i remember going to shows when i was a kid and it's fucking this Oh no, I have a story that I might tell you off mic. Okay. <laughs> it involves my dad. <laughs> <laughs> if you pay us $5, we'll send you a copy of it. Um, but no, that said though, yeah, even if it is a dad rock song, it's a hell yeah for me. For both. Yeah. Yeah. It's inoffensive. Gets the job done. That's, yeah. Look, I'll give it a hell yeah, but like in a sort of... Um... Lowercase hell yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a... Not even a participation trophy, because, like, that's condescending, but, like, sort of like the equivalent of, like, I just hope that both teams have a good time kind of thing. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's my hell yeah. You want wuspets. Huh? You want wuspets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so next week... Oh, yeah, and... and... Because of last week's episode, the episode on Halloween, yeah. we did like five covers. Couldn't really find any interesting covers on this one, so we're foregoing other covers this week. Uh, but next week, we are very excited. It's going to be lit. Oh, oh, oh. That went down just as well as it did the first time when I told you that a few hours ago. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, like I thought about that joke as well. Before you said it. Well, bully to me. <laughs> no, it just means that we we both have similar senses of humour. We are legion or whatever it is. Um, so, yes, My Own Worst Enemy as performed by Lit as covered by Get Scared for Punk Goes 90s Volume 2. Mm-hmm. So, yes, look after yourselves. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Be kind. Be Just be kind. Be cool, man. Be cool. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.